0: and welcome back to another week of pardon the disruption i'm your host weasel and i'm joined by the room shakers as i am each and every thursday at 11 30 a.m and if you thought that today was all about bills versus rams you're sadly mistaken because this is the real matchup that we've been waiting for all week i got my guys in the room let's go virtual left to right starting with steve trang
1: Steve Train, real estate disruptors sales trainer and, uh, be on the lookout where we'll we're going to be launching something next week that you guys may be interested in.
0: Ooh, okay. Not may you are going to be interested in, uh,
2: to his virtual, right? We have RJ Bates. How
0: are you
2: doing guys? RJ Bates, the third, the King closer. <laughs> I just like to throw it out there just to <laughs> rub it in everyone's face. Uh, I've got my piece of uh, titanium <laughs> with me titanium, from man. Eric Brewer <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to uh, take back my title this week. Let's go let's go. We were
1: talking about it before the show he had to talk about that to get his mind off the cap smell <laughs> <No>, he's got <laughs> all of him right now.
0: <laughs> and as he mentioned, we also have Eric Brewer in the build and Eric Brewer what's going on. What's up
3: everybody? Uh, Eric Brewer real estate investor been in the business since 2005. Um I am uh actively a turnkey wholesaler, fix and flipper, new construction. Uh do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and excited to be here this week with uh the rest of the fellas to to dive in and do my best to make as much fun of Steve Trang as possible.
0: <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have last week's winner, CJ. What's going on, man?
1: You guys are already so, muted him. This is awesome. I,
0: can't hear CJ. Yeah.
4: You know, like Highlights. You no, know, resident, pardon the disruption champion. You know, pardon the disruption, resident champion here. Uh, no, it's, it's good to be here, man. I'm excited for this week. Chris Jeff- Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia, do all things real estate. Most importantly, I run the U Charged Up University, man. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. All right. If you are new to the program,
0: the way this works, we ask the panel a series of five different questions. They'll have each 45 seconds to state their argument on the question. Uh, afterwards, we will open the voting for the YouTube chat. So if you're in the YouTube chat right now, make sure you get ready to vote and also submit questions throughout the program as the last question will be a U or audience-submitted question. So uh, get those questions in. Get ready to vote. With that being said, fellas, you ready? Question number one? Let's do it. All right. We'll start with Steve Trang. Would you rather be wholesaling in September of 2021 or of 2022?
1: So I would say that for sure financially, September 2021 was way better than September 2022 is looking. But I am excited about the direction things are going, right? I think that we are actually, we are actively removing our competition. Things need to be a little less competitive these days. We have fewer people at the appointments. And uh, thanks to, you know, Eric's Brewer method, we're locking up contracts and we're getting more profitable deals at this exact moment. So I like the direction this is going. It's not as profitable this year as last year, but I see it's a lot more promising moving forward right now than it was this time last year.
4: All right let's go over to uh cj yeah i think uh i think right now right you know if you if you played the game right over the last couple of years and made a really strong cash grab if you worked on your tool belt if you figured out things like novations you know how to do more creative finance seller finance sub two uh you know things of that nature how to wholetail you know i think right now is really kind of that prime opportunity to really be in the business is it less profitable than it was yes but if you set things up uh you really can create a, a unique opportunity right now you know based on what's happening so uh if i had a choice you know being in the position i'm personally in right this moment uh, i would like things to be how they are and how they're continuing to go okay let's jump over to eric brewer
3: yeah i think you know if it was one year it would be 2021 right if, if i was only going to do the business for one year it'd be 2021 but the reality is, is no one's in this business for, for one year. Well, a lot of people weren't in for one year, but it, it's because they, they weren't successful. But 2022, I, you know, it's funny. I would run into people last year when the market was crazy. Like, oh, my God, you're in real estate. You must be making a ton of money. I was like, well, yes, it's gotten really easy to sell. And when I do sell, stuff sells for a lot of money. But the last two years, it's been much more difficult to get a deal than it was forever. It was more difficult to get a lead and get a deal in 2021 than ever. It got really easy to sell. Um, So I prefer to be able to have the skill set required to be successful in 2022 because that's a more sustainable business than you can run. You could have accidentally made money in 2021. It had zero skill. So I'd say 2022 because I want to do it for an extended period of time.
0: Okay.
2: And RJ Bates, welcome back and bring us home. Yeah, I, I like the fact that three of my competitors said they're less profitable in 2022 than they were in 2021. Things are trending good for me. Um, I'm I'm more profitable right now than I was in 2021. I personally think where we sit today, the skill set of closing and, and buying deeper makes you stand out from your competition. And so I would absolutely say 2022 because I think We are we were prepared for this moment. We have been working for years to gain the skill set and the systems and the processes that we have for what's happening today. So this is literally what we've been building up to for for the past three or four years. I've been thinking that this was coming quicker. So I would say 2022.
0: Okay. the chat uh, voting will open up right now. And gentlemen, the floor is open as well. Yeah. For the record, Steve's the only guy that RJ said he made said. less money for the Was record
3: No, nah, I
4: didn't, I I didn't, I didn't I hear that. Money. I didn't Steve's, Steve's I the only money.
3: guy, so yeah, I, let's just let's clear the air there.
4: Uh, I think RJ's counting uh, online income, but that being said, <laughs> all right, that being said, I think I think what's important, right, is the message that we're all really getting across, I think, is, You got to sharpen the sword. You can't can't wait till it's time to get into a fight to to be ready to go. You know, we've all talked about how we've been working diligently over the last couple of years to be ready for this type of opportunity for this moment. And I think that's really the message for sure.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll be honest, right? Like I haven't done a lot of creative deals. It's something we haven't had to get good at, right? And then last week or a week and a half ago, we locked up our first sub two. I mean, we moved it pretty quickly, but like we haven't had to use sub two. We haven't had to discuss it or offer it. Now we have to, right? So we're, I mean, completely against what Chris just said, but we're learning the skills now, actively applying the skills now that we didn't have in our tool belt, because we didn't need it for the last two, three years.
4: But Steve, you have, you may not have personally built the tools, right? But you've built the relationships. Yes, absolutely. And that, 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 that goes a long way as well, right? Like, we don't all have to personally know how to do everything. But if we can create relationships that are unique, where we provide value in exchange to to receive value. You can call Pace right now and say, Pace, I've got a sub two deal. Right, Like, hey, can we talk about this deal? That's that's the benefit of a relationship, which is important too, right? Like the last couple of years, using it to build out really strong relationships and build a team of people around you has been really important as well.
2: I think it's interesting that, you know, there's conversation about being more profitable in 2021 i know eric said that steve's the only one said that i heard it differently uh, but <laughs> i i feel like there's it's easier to get a wider margin a, a larger margin on wholesale deals today because it's easier to explain why you're buying on a discount than it was in 2021 so i feel like it's easier to make more money now than it was a year ago
1: um i would say just me personally i mean we've gone through multiple things in our market in our business but i think the big thing is I, I i felt like just you know everyone's a realtor in in phoenix i think everyone's a wholesaler in phoenix as well so i think for us <laughs> being in our backyard there's been just a little bit more challenging but we're having more conversations more appointments on less marketing at this exact moment so that's I what i'm the, talking the about. Worst
3: thing about 2021 was just frantic like for, forget about the money for a second it was just like it was frantic right it was like we, we all love when there's 37 offers on a property, but like all you really need is two good ones. The other 35 just create more work. And then if you don't do the work to get back to those other 35 people, uh, I saw it a lot. Realtors were like, you know, you at least could have got back to me about my offer, blah, blah, blah. I think there was a lot of relationships that were lost or damaged in 2021 because of the frantic nature of the market. Forget about the money, forget about the deals, it was everybody was running around like the the building was on fire, and that, that's just it's messy. It, it's 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 messy, and messy is often in business uh, or any relationship for that matter, not
0: good. Okay, the voting is still open right now. How's it? <laughs> I'm sure you want us to. <laughs> I'm not in control of closing the voting, Steve. So I do apologize, <laughs> but it looks like you're slipping away with this one. And there it is. The results are in. Steve Trang with forty two percent. You're on the board early, boss. How do you feel about that one?
1: Feeling pretty good. I just wanted one point, right? I just want an opportunity to stay ahead of CJ before he rigged the voting. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: let's see if you can hang on to the lead. We're going to go to question number two. Uh, and since you won last round, we're going to start with you again. So, Steve, what's the best way to raise private money?
1: Um, You know, I think for me, the way I've done it, this may not be the best way, so I'm probably going to lose this one. But for me, the best way to raise private money is to be impeccable with your word, do good work, let people know around you that you do good work. Cause every time I needed private money, I just made a few phone calls. Here's the situation I'm in. Would you be interested? And it was like a yes. So I didn't do all those other things you're supposed to do, right? Like actively creating content or raising private money for me. It's just been like, hey, I'm in a situation here. I need some private money. Would you be interested? And it was usually a yes. So for me, it's been just being impeccable impeccable with your word do what's right. Let people know what you do. And that's how I raise private money.
4: All right. Let's go over to CJ. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to raising private money, people place money and place capital with people they can believe in, you know, can somebody see your vision? Can somebody see that you are the person as an operator who has the actual ability to execute if they put money with you, you know, my favorite way that I like to raise money is by going to self-directed IRA conferences, talking to people who have control of their finances, people who are actively looking to invest that money somewhere in some sort of industry. We all know that real estate is appealing and sexy to everybody. Like that's why all these popular shows are out there. Zombie house flipping, you know, flip this house, et cetera. Get in front of these people, have real conversations that have management of their money. They're looking to invest it. Be somebody who as an operator can actually return money on an investment and people will want to do business with you. Hand over fist. Nice. All right. Perfectly time to uh, third place. Last round was
0: RJ Bates. So RJ, take it away.
2: I appreciate CJ giving out a free promo to the show there. Uh, Thank you, sir. Um, sir. Listen, I, I think when it comes to raising private capital, it's important that you are also picking and choosing who you want to do business with. And that's why for me, it's always come through masterminds. Um, You know, most masterminds out there, it's you're around like-minded people. And also for me, it's around other real estate investors, and they are looking for opportunities to place their capital, uh, privately, passively, so they can re- get a return on it. And that's always been the way that we've been able to, to raise that capital. You get to break bread, sit down, understand it. Hey, is this someone that I want to get in bed with for the next six to 12 months or maybe even longer if it's a bigger project? Um, so that's been the best way for us is just attending those uh, real estate masterminds.
0: Okay.
3: And Brewer, you're up. I think there's two aspects. There's a marketing aspect to raising private money that generates someone's interest in investing with you, and then at the end of the day, regardless of how that person is introduced to you or how you you know, begin the conversation, you better have a, a great deal or a great business, right? So like one of the, the, the best private money raising activities is to work on your business. Uh, I know a lot of times we try and avoid ways to avoid paying our maximum tax bill. Um, You need to have clean financials, right? Like anybody can see if you're buying properties and creating depreciation, that's an acceptable practice. But you need to have clean books. It's so different than going to a bank. Someone that's lending you $500,000, $1 million, $2 million, $5 million, wants to know that you have a consistent, reliable, predictable business. So the marketing aspect, I don't care how you do that. Uh, You know, RJ has a great point about masterminds. It's a great place. Most of those people have money and they want to invest it. But at some point, the conversation is going to come down to, will you deliver on your promise? Right? So I think the best way to get the private money is to run a predictable, reliable business.
1: Okay. The voting is open and so is the floor. Why do you, why do you only get one buzz? That should be like five (laughs) buzzes. Listen,
3: I was going to roll. (laughs) <laughs> he buzzes
1: not when your time's up.
3: He buzzes when your content sucks. That's
2: how you I'll get. Be, one of, oh, I'll be honest. I know this is a competition, but I think Eric just gave the best answer out of anybody. I mm. I agree with everything that he said. Um, and, and we we kind of talk about that the way we phrase it is as having a a turnkey franchisable business where there's the systems, the processes, and like you said, predictable results. And then I can't disagree with anything that Eric said there.
1: It's funny. Like
3: RJ, was- how far away do you think you are from being able to
2: step away from your business, like at seventy-five percent level? I I think we're pretty close because we've identified Patrick as our general manager, and and because we're doing the TV show, we have Woodhaven Country Club. It's it's pretty much mandatory at this point where we're almost not inside of of titanium investments anymore.
3: So to me, it's an example one it's at some point what everybody will seek. They're going to seek the freedom from the business that they created the business for to give them that freedom, right? And a great example of that is the, the leader and the owner's ability to be able to step away from it. it. It doesn't mean you run a great business because some people step away from their business because they're just irresponsible, <laughs> but it's a good indicator. If I look at someone, I'll say, that guy can go away for a week, right? Like CJ was going for a whole week or something and punta cana or mexico wherever he was and his business <laughs> continued without him right so I, I think that's a great example or at least it's an indicator of a solid business is whether or not you're able to step away
1: yeah i think that thing too like rj said like the the last time i lent private money and then the most recent private money i borrowed was from a mastermind so i think that's a great point there as well from rj yeah
4: i, I agree with that 100 yeah i mean eric spot on with that i mean maybe are we all Handing Eric around here? Is that what's happening? No,
1: oh, no, I was supporting RJ. I don't care about Eric. <laughs> so, right, to reiterate, we all agreed that me,
2: Steve, and Eric said something very wise. CJ added zero value to this <laughs> question.
4: Yeah, so let me let me help you out on that. All right? People know to listen to me if you really want to go make some money. Right? So like, what What Eric is saying and what y'all are saying is all factual. So I'm not going to dispute that. But at the end of the day, you still got to find somebody to go get in front of them and have a conversation about raising capital. Yeah. So if a $500 ticket to an IRA event gets you in a door and there's a thousand people there that all have a self-managed portfolio and they're all looking to work their money somewhere in some type of industry and they all find real estate appealing. I think if you can bat a thousand times, even if you're R.J. Bates, you probably could hit the ball.
1: Yeah. I think another thing, too, is uh, we, we uh, I thought one of you guys might have brought this up. So yesterday on the show, we had a uh, uh, Steve Valentine and he talks about how he talks to every homeowner. It's Like, hey, what are you going to do with this money? What are you gonna, how, how are you going to grow it after after we close and you got this money? How, how are you going to grow it? And I think that's another thing as well that we definitely have not done a good job of.
4: Yeah, that's a good point, man. Some of my lenders are are previous homeowners. Um, and you know, I've always just when if I've met a homeowner, I just talk to them about what we're doing. And that we move money for people and give them a return on their investment. We're obviously getting ready to buy their house. They're getting ready to get a lump sum of cash. Is this an opportunity to communicate with them, an investment opportunity that may or may not make sense for them? So that's that's some game right there from Steve. Yep. Okay. The I live in a I'm very sorry, ahead
3: inexpensive ahead. market. I could say, hey, Mr. Smith, what are you going to do with this $11,400 <laughs> you got sitting around right now? <laughs> You ever
1: think about parlaying that? You're well, <laughs> getting ready to move to Florida, right. man. You got you to gotta wait till you get to Florida. I can
3: turn
0: that Eric. into 12-6 like that.
1: Go hey, he ahead. can finance that's... your closing costs.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the parlay bandwagon with you, but that's another conversation, Eric. That's another conversation. We can have that one next week, all right? Uh, the Brands voting has over. closed. It looks like Steve took that round. I thought that was Eric Brewer's round to lose. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he had. I thought he had the best 45 seconds, uh, plus a couple seconds because he yeah, that to him, But it's okay. Steve found a way to rig this round, so uh, Steve has taken his second point. I've got no shame. <laughs> How do you feel, man? Back to back winner. I'm feeling really?
1: pretty good about myself. Feeling pretty good. Just got to hold off. I think we're, we're building enough margin. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't want to be the Falcons. I'm trying to build enough margin here.
0: There we go. Okay. All nice. right. Nice coffee mug. <laughs> Well, with that, let's go to <laughs> let's go to question number three. This one's going to be a good one. Uh, Steve, you're going to lead off again. You won the last round. So, what's a bigger scam, in your opinion, college or gurus?
1: I think it's college all day. You know, and this is a tough topic. You know, I've gone, I've done the four year degree. I've got the master's degree. I, I value the degree I got, but it was a deg- it wasn't a, a field where you know engineering where a degree is is valuable. But I think for the most part. I mean, like ninety percent. I think of college is scam. I I think you you, you leave college with like a 200000 dollars worth of debt that doesn't do anything for you. Or you go to a guru. Yeah, you might. You know, you got a good one. They pay for themselves. Maybe you had a bad one. Maybe your first one. You know, was a total scam. You lost thirty k. But that's more recoverable than I think some of the student debt that's out there at the moment. So for me, I th- I think it's college all day.
4: Okay, uh, CJ yeah i think both right i think i think they both could be a scam if we're just all being very honest i think there's uh, a better chance to go you know buy a a real estate program or or buy something from a quote-unquote guru uh because right like steve just said you know i don't see the point in going to college uh if you don't have a way to earn income to pay off that debt if you don't have a way to really create an opportunity for yourself i went to college for a couple years dropped out I was studying real estate in college. The reason I dropped out is because I was being taught how to go get a job and work for somebody else to support them in their vision and their dream and the way they wanted to change our community and the way that they wanted to have legacy and impact. And that just didn't make any sense to me. So, you know, I would always definitely say, obviously, go to buy a course first to learn about the business versus obviously trying to go to college and, and set something up. Uh, who's even, you know, who's going to college other than Steve Tring anyway? I mean, what's, what are we talking about? <laughs> He has a six-year-old girl that's in college already. He told her, like
3: (laughs) the other day, I was talking to him. It was like, dude, she got a B on algebra. I was like, Come on, man. Like, middle school's hard. She's like, she she's in first grade. (laughs) Didn't you tell me that? that? She was on a doctor by nine. You're not a doctor
1: by nine. You're an absolute disappointment. That's just the way it is.
3: Lighten up, bro. (laughs) Uh,
2: RJ, your thoughts. I'm going to go with gurus, and and here's the reason why. I'm not a fan of college, but there is a place for college because you have to have it to be an attorney, to be a doctor. If you're going to go be a real estate investor and you go to college, then that's on you. You're a dumbass. You didn't get scammed, okay? <laughs> but if you go and you pay $65,000 to someone because they were on a TV show like I did, then that's that's – you're getting scammed at that point. I got taught for $65,000 to how to go find properties on the MLS and then put them on Craigslist. That's what wholesaling was to that freaking fraud, okay? So for me, that is the bigger scam. That's why there's people now coming out. We've talked about this on this show. There's, that's why I have education now, because I'm like, you don't have to pay $65,000 to learn how to wholesale. This is a simple business.
0: Okay, and Brewer, bring
3: us home. Sixty-four ninety-nine. <laughs> I would say, you know, if you look at the definition of a scam, it's a, it's a dishonest act. I, I don't, I, I don't think college is, is a deceptive act. I don't think, you know, it's, it's the story that's told about college from our parents and our peers, our grandparents, um, other people that tell us what to, but colleges aren't saying, Hey, if you come into college, you're going to leave here and make $200,000. So I don't think there's deception. I, I think there's a, a it's, there's a deceiving story that's told about college from everybody, um, you know, in our lives. So I would say it's the guru because I think there's a lot depending on, right? It's a, it's a very broad uh, label that people get, but there's people that'll say, you can make a million dollars if you do what I tell you to do. And that is deceptive, right? Um, there's a lot of the tools or things that they teach that frankly, just do not work. Um, or certainly aren't guaranteed to make you a million dollars. So college is, is what it is. If It's either for you, if you're an engineer, or a nerd like Steve, that's fine. <laughs> if, if But the guru, they 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 generally overpromise, tell bold lies, fabricate checks and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. That's my version of a guru. I think that's a massive scam.
1: So I think the the challenge for me here is I don't look at guru as a negative connotation necessarily. I, I know it has a negative connotation. A lot of people look at it that way, but... I look at guru as anyone that has information or education to sell, right? So um, I, I look at college today personally, I think it's predatory, right? Like they're selling a product that will not provide an ROI, right? If you go get a history degree, if you go get a liberal arts degree, right? You, even if you were, uh, if you're gonna chase music, right, to write music, then great. Probably shouldn't go to college for it. You should probably go to specialized school. But if you get like a music degree, there's no ROI on that. And they're actively taking your money, knowing that you're gonna have a hard time paying that degree back. So for me, that's the reason why it's a bigger scam for me. Also with RJ. Are you going to let
3: Chris go or do you want to just talk the, the whole time?
1: I was going to talk to RJ real quick, if it's all right with well, you. Just,
3: but that's not how the show works. Like it's, you just, you you were, just talk over me. It's go his ahead. Turn. Go ahead. It's his I'm turn. Sorry. He's not rude. He's clearly allowing you to ramble on until you run out of breath.
1: Hey Chris, why don't you share your it's thoughts? Not
3: your ter- it's not your turn. Uh, it's not your turn, engineer. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Look, I, I, here's here's my thought. Right, if, if RJ's point, he RJ says, you know, we need school because of doctors and attorneys, and the, here, here's the real, raw reality: majority of people aren't even going to school for that. So yes, if you need a specialized skill and, and college is the pathway to receive that specialized skill, then sure. But The majority of us are trying to chase financial freedom or trying to chase opportunity or trying to chase the way to do something different, innovative with our lives. Right. My parents were born in 1955, both of them, and they worked their asses off for almost their entire lives. Right. their professional lives to try to chase this corporate opportunity, this corporate dream. You know, how many times do you want somebody to increase your check every year with a 25 cent raise, a 50 percent raise so you can hang your degree? on your wall in your office and feel great about yourself i just don't think that's fair i don't think it's realistic i don't think it's an expectation that college should set when it comes to gurus i think it's simple man like you have to use discernment man at the end of the day you know the person you're having a conversation with the person you want to learn from are you buying because of this emotional decision and they made you feel great about yourself so now you want to pay them sixty-five thousand like rj for a coaching program you know like, i don't know if that makes a lot of sense right But I'm sure at the time it did for RJ, but if his discernment was better, if he had people like us that were trying to communicate how to make a better decision, he would have then. And that's why he's teaching coaching now. That's why I am. That's why Steve is. That's why Eric is. So find somebody you can trust that can show you how to really do something you want to learn. It can take you a very long way. This is
2: the reason why I think gurus is a bigger scam though. If you pay whatever the price is to go to a university, you at least know that is a trained professional that is going to at least teach you the subject at the highest level that they possibly can because they already have a degree in that and and they're professional in it the guru there is no regulation on that there is i don't need anything other than good marketing and to convince <laughs> someone to give me money to say i have the skill set to teach you something that's it and so that's why it can be a bigger scam I mean, you're you're really not getting scammed outside of the fact that it's a high price. And maybe, like Steve said, there's not an ROI for a music degree, but you're not forced to go get a music degree from the University of North Texas. You don't have to do that, even though it's a great music school. That's your choice to say, hey, I'm only going to have a job that makes $30,000 a year, even though I'm going to pay $20,000 a year to go to get my degree from the University of North Texas. I,
4: I think the bigger question is why do so many people want to go spend – 20, dollars 40000 a year to get a history degree or whatever degree, but they're not willing to bet on themselves to, to self-educate and learn something that can really take them a long Those way. I know that's what Eric's point was. It's unfortunate, man. It's-
3: yeah. And I, and I think the, the bigger thing, here's the, here's the real problem we're being as, as an 18 year old high school graduate, you're being asked to make a decision about what you want to do for the rest of your life and sign up for a hundred thousand dollars worth of education in that particular area. And I didn't figure out even remotely what I wanted to be until I was 30 years old. Right. So like, imagine I went and spent this edge and then you feel obligated to go into that field because you just spent all this money. So now you, you waste two, three, four, five years in a field that you're, you didn't love learning. Now you're actually seeing the application of it and you hate that even more than you did the actual education. I think the timing is just wrong. And that's why I said, I don't think college is a scam I think the story that society tells us about the timing and the validity of college is the scam. College is doing what they're supposed to do. You come in, we're going to give you X amount of education. And then you might as well say high school's a scam.
2: That's that's an absolute fact. I remember the day that I showed up at North Texas and I told them I wanted to be a business major and they gave me my list of classes. And I said, no, I want to be a business major. You gave me the math. Major, and they said that's all business is is math. And I was like, I want to go be a kinesiology major because I want to take badminton and golf class. That sounds more fun. (laughs) That was the immature 18 year old RJ that went tens of thousands of dollars in debt because I didn't want to do algebra and calculus and (laughs) trigonometry.
1: What I took away from all this is that RJ is pro regulation. That's all I took from all this. The voting no, is he still is, man. He definitely is. But, uh.
0: oh, I'm sorry. The voting is still open. It's actually very, very close. So I guess we're going to leave that open for another minute or two. Uh, I did want to highlight a comment. Marshall Johnson says most college graduates go into a different field that has minimum or nothing to do with their degree. But that's not the college's call. Yeah,
4: no, oh,
0: that's the problem, right? It's like it's you're forced at the
3: age of 18. I didn't know what I wanted to wear to school each day. How the hell do I know what I want to
2: do for the rest of my life? Eric, let me ask you this though, just to not disagree with you. But why, at this day and age, do colleges not teach novations? Why do we not teach wholesaling? Why are we not teaching the because. things that we all make millions of dollars doing? That's a that's a great a business, question. Man. I don't know. Why, why do they not
3: teach uh, how to balance a checkbook? Why do they not teach? How to fill out a job resume in high school? Why do they not teach um, the credit? Like, think about the impact. If if there's one single thing that has the largest impact on our lives, it's our credit, and it's not even talked about anywhere. Not I don't even think it's really discussed in college, unless your particular degree involves credit. No one teaches or talks about credit at all.
4: Why why is somebody going to teach you? Look, why is somebody going to tell you that to get off the hamster wheel, you just got to step off of it? Mm. That's a bar.
0: Damn. That's a bar. That's a bar right there. (laughs) That's a bar. We got a new T-shirt for PTD for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We got a couple more comments to read. Uh, Fernando Miranda says, that's why Gary V says, don't go until you're 25 to 27 years. You're just a little smarter. Makes sense. Uh, Sha C said, it is though elementary and middle school high middle school and high school teaches us how to work for others to, uh, uh, Eric's point about saying maybe high school is, uh, a fraud too, or scam too. Um, one more mustache, Mike, nice name. I like that. Kids are coming out of college with rainbow hair and they're feeling hyper sensitive,
4: sensitized.
1: Weasel real quick. Somebody sent me a DM
4: if you don't mind. Yeah, And they they said that, uh, Eric Brewer, Learn how to shave his head in home economics <laughs> in 1966. This is—I I don't know—but this is just a message that came through. I don't yeah, just a messenger, just a oh, messenger. Oh, yes,
1: oh, know, damn it.
0: All right, the voting has concluded, and it looks like the winner was CJ. Back with a point, last week's champ on the board. How you feeling, man?
4: I'm feeling like good, man. I'm feeling like good. Shout out to Steve's family for not voting for him this time, <laughs> and, uh, and and making an honest sympathy vote. Sympathy win because Steve's family, but
3: sympathy it. win because Steve spoke over top of you for four and a half minutes.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. It felt like it was my time. It was my time to shine. I don't know what to tell you.
3: It always, it always is. Nice coffee mug.
0: All right, we're going on to question number four, and CJ, you will be first. The best and quickest way to build a rental portfolio is.
4: All right. Quickest way to build a rental portfolio. I just went over this with some of my students the other day. I would go make $100,000 in cash as quickly as possible, whether it's wholesaling, another business, a job savings, whatever. I would take that money and I would plan to invest it 10 ways on 10 houses per quarter. All right. Whether that's five or 10, but I would try to shoot for 10 houses, especially with the way the market is right now. You can get properties deeper easier under contract, etc. I would then take that and over the next couple of years, I would start to build a portfolio off of those five to 10 houses per quarter. You can do this by rotating the same $100,000 for down payments. You can do this with seller financing. If you negotiate each down payment to be around five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, you can rotate this money and have it cycling in and out by using wraparound mortgages that may have went over some people's head, but you can make a lot of money doing this. You can build a really sizable cash flow Portfolio, not I don't want to say a house portfolio, but a cash flow portfolio. Okay, let's go over to RJ.
2: So, in case you were unaware of the question, it was a rental portfolio, and CJ automatically disqualified himself by <laughs> saying you're going yeah. to wrap it. That's called a no- note portfolio. So, CJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. y'all can have that,
4: man. y'all can have that.
2: listen for me it's become great at marketing for your wholesale business eventually you're going to get great at finding pre-foreclosure leads that's when you can start negotiating sub twos and if you get free and clear leads you can negotiate them sell or financing properties to you that's the quickest and most efficient way without having to use any of your own cash outside of the marketing budget that you already had for your wholesaling business to build a rental portfolio it's, it's as simple as learning how to have a conversation with a seller about what a sub two is and how to make them the own bank when they own it free and clear. Steve's just now learning about this. So don't <laughs> it like he did for 20 years. All right,
0: Steve, we're actually on to you. So go ahead.
1: Uh, I think the, the answer to this is just to be a great wholesaler, right? I mean, you're looking at two different things here. As a great wholesaler, you're getting lots of active income. Right? So with active income, you can use those money towards building your rental portfolio and B, being a great wholesaler. You get first look at great deals, right? Some of the properties that I bought are deals are properties that were, I sourced them and I was looking to make my wholesale fee. And basically my wife's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> we should keep these properties. And so just holding on to our best deals, right? Instead of building wealth for somebody else, we had opportunities because we were wholesaling build wealth for ourselves. So I think being a great wholesaler, being a good operator is the best way to build your own rental rental portfolio.
0: All right. And Eric Brewer.
3: So I, I, all of that sucks. Like the accumulation of rental properties one by one and doing construction and funding them. And like, I, I guess like at some point when you're getting started, we, we tend to think small, but let's, let's all take a step back and imagine for a second that we have the access to the resources and tools and knowledge that we have now. What if you just spent your time trying to find one large portfolio or one large multifamily property, you aligned yourself with someone that already owned one or a few of those and said, Hey, if I go out and find a deal, on a 200-unit-plus multifamily property, and it makes sense, will you give me 25 to 40% of the equity or cash flow in the deal for bringing you the deal? And, and explain to me what a deal looks like. Do I have to have 20% equity in the deal? Forty per, What At what percentage will you buy it? What's the cash flow have to look like? And go out and just market to people that own 50, 60, 100 single-family homes, right? Partner with someone that can take that deal down and keep a portion of the equity, and now you own 25% in a 400-unit apartment building rather than seven rentals with a wrap oh,
2: When do we get to just decide that we don't like the question and we can just throw out some other question? There <laughs> no, is it's a portfolio. It's
3: The okay. quickest it's way okay. to build a portfolio, let me, let me one by one or one deal that has 200 doors?
2: It's a simple question. You went into multifamily. It's a rental portfolio. So well, if I own, if I own
3: two multi-units that have 300 doors, and you asked me what my rental portfolio looks like. And I tell you 400 doors, I'm disqualified. That doesn't count.
2: No, you are clearly a, an experienced enough person to know that we were saying a single family rental portfolio. You can't that's change That's not this. what he said.
3: That's not ah. what he said. That's your
2: interpretation. So I'm going to mute him.
4: <laughs> so er, er, Eric, hold on a second. Cause I know RJ did mention that, you know, math wasn't this thing in school and I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> So, so this is, this is, this is, and it's okay. It's okay. So this is what I'm saying, right? This the concept that I'm giving y'all. You can take this and apply it to rentals if you want, but I'm going to tell you the reason I've sold most of my rental portfolio. I'm going to tell you why RJ has also sold most of his rental portfolio because it's a headache. And so if you want to take a hundred thousand, you want to rotate it into down payments towards uh, rental properties and run Burr. You could do all that. I'm telling you, man, notes is the way to go play for cash flow. You could disqualify me, but that's the way to really handle it. Nobody wants rentals right now. Why do you want to buy a rental? CJ R.J. doesn't even want his own. I open
2: with that was my whole point. Guys, if you don't like the questions, you can respond I to the group the text question. message on Monday. You don't get yeah. just get the it <laughs> on Thursday in the middle of the question.
1: Thank you, R.J. I wish these guys would listen. Yeah. But Clearly, everyone agrees
2: with Steve because he has 50% set the
1: precedent.
3: Of the vote. Steve t- set the precedent by talking out of turn completely being disrespectful to C.J., and now all hell breaking loose. I'll
1: do it again. Trang-a-lang,
0: trang-a-lang. <laughs>
1: No regrets. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, the voting has started, but it does look like Steve's pulling away with this one. Uh, not a large margin, so I don't know when it's actually going to close, but it looks like it's getting my Listen, the tra- 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 well,
4: family, I'm, I'm going to take you guys out. It's going to be a beautiful Christmas in Arizona. <laughs> all right. I going to send amazing gifts, man, amazing gifts. I just want to know
2: how have just as many people voted for CJ as me. I actually told you how you could get a rental property. <laughs> he told you how you could do a seller finance wrap.
4: Why are we Why are we going to tell him to get a rental portfolio if you don't even want your rentals? Because it's the question, CJ.
1: <laughs> most people listen. Want I know to it's the know. question,
4: RJ. I know it's the question. You know me though, RJ. Man, I'm a man of the people over here. To you, man. Uh, DJ, most you Most people. Beat
1: me. Most people want to know. <laughs> to build a rental portfolio
4: well people are only asking how to build a rental it's portfolio like because they're not it's in like the business they don't college. realize that the name of the game is really cash flow the game is RJ cash flow. just sent them to college the game is appreciation
3: what they wanted. Oh, okay college rental portfolio here you go
0: RJ, I, I'm going to be honest man I think Great it's job. because you're not using the titanium bar in your points. <laughs> it was almost a clean sweep last time you were on right and you right used it when you
2: were speaking. From, From now on out I'm just I'm going to have 5 45 seconds where I'm going to talk about whatever <laughs> I want.
4: <laughs> um, I feel like he's going to he's going to throw the titanium through through the camera. He's going to throw actually it
3: face at the, the, next the question, camera. RJ just answer a completely different question. I'm no, going want, to.
1: No, we want him to answer yeah. this question. I think it's going to be I'm looking forward, hopefully, with this next question. He's going to call out who his specific guru was. I wondered
3: if that wasn't Steve's strategy. <laughs> to be honest with you.
1: He won the first
3: two rounds. I'm like, let me try this out and see if I can get some more points if I just go off topic.
1: <laughs>
0: well, or the voting has concluded. The voting has concluded. We're at 44% for Steve. So Steve did take that one. Three points on the board. You're heavy this week, boss. You're heavy.
1: Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Maybe we don't have as many U Charge people here today. That's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Before we get to question number five, this one's going to be a really, really good one. I'm excited. We're all excited for this one. I do want to remind everyone that last week we sent out a memo. We were seeking sponsorship for part of the disruption. And the amount of emails that we received inquiring was just amazing. So, what we had to do was in true NFL fashion, fantasy draft fashion, we had to go ahead and select one so with the first pick in the party the disruption draft our official sponsor is nobody we still don't have a sponsorship so please make sure you find a way to get in contact with us the host needs a bonus okay people i love this show but i need something from it come on now all right you guys ready for the fifth question the final one oh i'm sorry no not the final one YouTube chat, drop your questions, drop your questions. We're going to answer an audience submitted question. So during this round, make sure you comment with a question that you would love the panel to answer. And we will get to that one as soon as we're done. So with question number five. If you were Jake Paul, which real estate personality would you like to box? Steve Trang, you go first as you want.
1: So I'm going to go a little rogue here. So first, actually, in my mind was R.J. Bates. Uh, I actually told him once that I wanted to fight him. He said he wouldn't fight me unless we're on, actually on the ice skating rink. I have to go get ice skating lessons so I can fight him. Uh, so but I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say Jake Paul. I know he's not in real estate. He probably has some sort of real estate portfolio. I still want to fight him. I want to fight that guy. But if not him, I guess I'll settle for R.J. Bates.
4: Hey. Steve's going for the retirement check. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I
3: like it. Uh, go, RJ, go home, what buddy. what do you think about that? Let's go over to you. What? Wasn't the There's question just, if you were Jake Paul, who would you want to fight?
0: Yeah,
1: which I know I didn't like that question. Yeah, it was phrased. Steve
3: said Jake Paul. He's fighting himself.
1: Yes, <laughs> just take it.
3: This, what are you doing? <laughs> this, this
1: Jake Paul's the not question, a real question is personal.
3: if you were Jake Paul, who would you fight
2: in real estate? I said and I was Steve going said, rogue.
1: Weren't you listening? Let's go back to RJ. You're taking RJ's time. You're talking all over RJ.
2: Listen, if if me true. and Steve were to fight, I would hit him so hard he might actually have a personality on his podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shots fired.
0: I'm assuming that that's all the time you needed, RJ. We're not. Even I was not your 65K K guru. Who's your 65K? No, that was a response <laughs> to Steve Drake. I have
2: not answered yet. Okay, go ahead. It's your turn. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I have a list, okay? First and foremost, Carlos. I should have two of these because Carlos stole the first one from me. Second, Max Maxwell because of his damn beard logo. Third, Ryan Pineda because I'm tired of looking at his stupid freaking colored hair. And last but not least, no, two more. Pace Morby because he stole the peace sign and called it a logo, Okay. (laughs) And Jamil Banksy, because I'm tired of seeing him be the fat genie on all his damn commercials. So that's my list.
0: Wow. Okay. You know what? That one was. That one was greater than the Avengers question. I'm not gonna lie. You, when you have a list, I'm all in for it. Right, my, <laughs> points, my points for our uh, shit. CJ, let's go over to you.
4: You know, I'm feeling. i I, know, I don't know, man. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I'll be honest, because. You know, as I, as I sit here and think about it, I'm like, you know, I don't. I feel like RJ's got like a trench coat tucked over there somewhere, and he's just got like a balled up piece of notebook paper that he's just writing <laughs> names down. And I'm, I'm wondering to myself in this moment, like, where's my name on the list? So, that being said, you know, Steve, look, I don't box for charity, right? So I, I, not Steve Train, uh, Eric Brewer. I like this guy. You know, he's cool. I've taken to the cookout. Why would I want to put hands on him? uh RJ Bates though I don't know I might smack the shit out I don't know I don't know I don't know like the shit out of this guy he, listen, he, he beat me in fantasy he sends me terrible trades all right just disrespectful trades I don't know man I might smack the show this guy just prep.
0: <laughs> and Eric Brewer bring us home Who's it going to be?
3: Oh, man. I don't know. I guess if, if I'm staying true to the question and I'm Jake Paul, I think the guy goes after people he knows he can beat that have a big name. Right? So the reality would be is who's the biggest name and who do has a good chance to beat? I mean, I think it would probably have to be Grant Cardone. The guy's paid. Right? And I think he's sort of a putt. So... Uh, he's, he's in great shape for his age, particularly he, he takes great care of himself. He's tenacious. He would probably put up a good fight, but I think he's undersized. He's like Steve's height, like five, four. So he's probably <laughs> outmanned and outmuscled. because Jake Paul is actually, he's he as a fighter. I don't think enough people give him enough credit as a fighter, but I think he's going to go for the big payday and someone he's at really no risk to lose. So, if he wanted to just fight and was concerned about winning, he would fight Steve. But if he wants to get paid, he should fight Grant Cardone.
1: Eric wants to fight an old man. I'm gonna put that out there. He just called out an old man.
3: No, Grant Cardone.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, question
3: is if I were Jake yeah, Paul, I'm not good. Jake Paul. Why do you keep losing focus on what the question? Oh, is? this
4: is this is if we were Jake Paul, not yeah, if I'm Chris because Steve I answered
3: the way that he answered. Everybody else was effed up because he he, he went. Rogue and his.
4: I got rings. I thought this was a public opportunity to no. put out there that I would put. By, by the way, analogy. if, if <laughs> Steve
3: Trang's Thanks. coffee mug had a name, it would be Becky. The most basic thing I've ever seen in my life. And That's you have the for. nerve to put it up there like it's. Why is that out? You have such What's, a clean desk presence. And I was then you drinking have that,
1: it earlier. I was just drinking it but earlier.
3: You're not now. I, and damn it. Weak. I think RJ had
4: it. I think. I think RJ had a strong list. RJ, run your list down. Look at your yeah. notepaper again. Yeah, my list,
2: just to reiterate, <laughs> would actually be Jake Paul's list because Jake Paul is actually a public figure, and he would look at all of these single-family wholesaling real estate investors and say, you have a blue check mark. You're actually a public figure? No. Bullshit. I'm smacking the shit out of you. <laughs> so Carlos Reyes, Pace Morby, Jamil Danji, Max Maxwell- and definitely Pineda in his hair.
0: <laughs> All right. The voting, the voting is closed. It is a landslide victory for RJ. We That's have, well deserved. We gotta well have
1: deserved. that clip. And then Stitch with the Billy Madison. Right. <laughs> Where he like he erased Billy Madison's name on that list for safety.
0: <laughs> and for the record. Just so you guys know, because I have developed a bond, a rapport with you guys. I, I do enjoy your company every week, right? I told Steve if he's ever in a boxing match, I'm pulling a WWE-style run out. It doesn't matter if it's 1v1. Me and the media team, we're running out. It is not going down like that. <laughs> we're coming out. We're all smacking Pineda, okay? We're all doing it. <laughs> one for all and all for one, all right? Um, Yeah, good job, RJ. That was an amazing list. I love the RJ list. Let's go on to the audience submitted question. Last question for the day. Uh, how do you feel about tiny homes? RJ, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, I, I think they're awesome. I think that's a, a cool new thing that, you know, has come in the marketplace over the past couple of decades. Um, it's something that we're looking into doing in some, some developments in some rural areas. Um, I, I think it's obviously a hit with the general public because otherwise it would have tied very fast. Um, and, and I think it opens up creativity within the real estate space. So listen, I, I think it's a, a cool new thing that's, that's come up and I, I look forward to doing it in the future. Okay. All right. Let's go over to, uh, CJ.
4: Yeah, I think tiny homes are dope, too, man. Uh, but the reason I like tiny homes personally, you know, is I think it's a great opportunity to provide affordable housing. I think there's a need for affordable housing across the country in many places. Uh, you know, I know us as investors, we often get involved and we, we, we hike the price quite a bit. If you really look into a tiny home, they're not complicated to put together. They're not super expensive either. I think it's a great opportunity to really ev- uh, provide some affordable housing opportunities in much needed areas across the country. Uh, so I I think, you know, tiny homes are great. I think there's zoning issues in a lot of places that don't allow for tiny homes when they should. Uh, but if you could look into tiny homes as an opportunity, whether it's for Airbnb, affordable housing, you know, single family housing, whatever the case might be, I definitely think it's a, a good business model. If you can find places where you can actually get it placed. Okay.
0: All right. Let's go to Eric Brewer. Yeah,
4: I think uh,
3: two things I would say. One, RJ said recently and the last couple decades. So apparently recently means 30 years they've become <laughs> popular, which is I didn't realize that was the case. So over the last 30 years, you know, recently, um, I, I, I think it's a pretty cool concept. I mean, I think, you know, the biggest thing facing um, our society as a challenge in real estate is affordability. Um, I think we saw back in 2008 when the market crashed, the biggest thing that was impacted was what people used to call McMansions. They were these oversized homes. It was really big. The maintenance became too much. The payment was too much. I think a tiny home's pretty, pretty cool to think about, right? It's this minimalistic sort of philosophy that a lot of millennials and then people uh, like uh, RJ owning a country club would say on the back nine, not on the front nine. So people of, of of uh you know a seasoned age need a small house where they have their own space um i think it's awesome i think it's a great innovation and uh i'm eager to learn about it and see if i can't do some some tiny house deals
0: Hey, okay. and steve let's finish up with you
1: uh so my experience with uh tiny houses in our market is a lot of it is a government subsidized housing which i totally understand the value and affordable affordable housing but Having the government get involved to provide it, I think is just one of those things that never ends well. So again, my, only my experience here is in, in the Phoenix market, but we're, we're, whenever we see tiny houses, it's government housing. And I'm just not excited about anything the government's getting involved in.
4: Like detached apartment. Let me, let me chime in like- on that. Yeah, let me let me chime in on that. So affordable doesn't have to mean government. I'll just say my market. My market. But here, here's, the, here's the problem though, Steve. Here's the problem. The free market won't allow for affordable because the, the free market is driven by investors is driven by institution it's driven by capitalism, right? Which is a beautiful thing. We all take advantage of that. The opportunity though for affordable housing doesn't exist because if land values increase, if lumber costs increase, if material costs increase, you have to, you have to sell a property for as much as you humanly possibly can to make money. So the regulation on affordable housing, I'm passionate about affordable housing. I invest or donate rather. Not invest, I donate a lot of money per year for affordable housing. I'm on a board uh, for Housing Opportunities Made Equal here in Virginia. I'm very passionate about it because there's not a lot of people that have the opportunity to take advantage of home ownership in America. The, the lie that Eric talked about, there was a lot of other lies that were taught and, and, and told to people as well. And part of that was that people would have the opportunity to buy a home in America, which hasn't existed for some of us for a very, very long time. So affordable housing through tiny homes can help curb homelessness. It can help curb people that are in old, old beat up government housing that has bad mechanics, has bad roof leaks, has all these problems. It can give somebody something to be proud of, man. So I think tiny homes could really, really be used for that. And to make money too, because I like that. Y'all know how we get it down to you, man. Just
2: just to reiterate, um, real estate and housing has been around forever. So, Eric, has there been some newer innovation in real estate outside of tiny homes in the past two decades? No? Okay.
3: (laughs) Just finish the point. Recently (laughs) and past couple decades is like, it's one or the other. It's either recently or 26
0: years ago.
2: It's still the newest innovation. CJ wins. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my points would for sure go to CJ. That was a great point. It's great points. Uh, unfortunately though, with those points, even if I gave them to you, Steve Trang has three on the board, which means he's this week's winner. It's the first W in a while, boss man. How do you feel?
1: Feel good. I feel vindicated. I've been getting blasted by Eric for no damn reason. <laughs> Want to flex a little bit, enjoy this Becky. victory.
2: <laughs> Becky. Steven Steven Becky. Eric making fun of anyone on this show is like the Cleveland Browns making fun of an NFL team. I don't
3: understand. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from a guy that's currently marinated in cat piss, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, throw his ass on the grill. He's well marinated. He's like, uh, you know. Uh, bearded black Angus <laughs> right now just marinated in cat piss and has the nerve to oh, quake fingers. <laughs> oh, shit, no Let's man. be honest.
1: For the audience that doesn't know, RJ just came from one of his you don't projects. You
3: have to explain to him. You don't have to explain to him. Just let that just let that for lack of a better word marinate. Let it just let sit it out there. Just it. Yeah. Yep. Let it unfold. Doing it as zombie Eric houses, is funny.
1: Tune Zombie Houses, yeah. you guys will find out more about why RJ Smells like cat piss. It was funny, man, because I, I was –
4: I'll be honest. I was looking at RJ on camera at his shirt, Eric, and it looked yeah. a little darker than usual. <laughs> and it—and I said, no, I get it. I it
3: get looks it. like he's been locked up with a heavy smoker for 30 days. The thing's got a little tinge.
4: to
2: it. He got his So We got to hit their RJ with activity. some
4: of the kills, And We gotta he got a to put some primer on this tin. guy, man.
2: Literally, the more y'all finish. talk about it, that's all I can smell right now. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yes. I gotta go take a shower.
0: Wow. Hey, RJ, I was going to say, uh, do you want another chance at question number five? Because I think your list just grew. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> that concludes the program this week. Thank you, everybody, for being so active in the chat, submitting your questions, voting. <laughs> for the panel before we leave really quickly, guys, I'm gonna give you a a chance to sign off, tell everybody where to follow you, but also include your pick. Are we going bills or Rams tonight? Please, Steve, go ahead and answer first.
1: Uh, Steve Trang, you reach me on uh, Instagram at Steve.trang. Like I said, stay tuned next week. We're announcing something big. And tonight uh, I don't know who's going to win, but I hate the Rams. So I'm going for the bills.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's go over to Eric Brewer.
3: Uh, Eric Brewer, you can find me on best place to get me is on Instagram. Eric, Eric, Underscore Brewer underscore invest. Um, I think it's hard to pick against the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, mm. uh, I don't know what might have changed with the Rams. Um, I love their coach, I think they got a great coach, they got an awesome culture over there. Um, I'm excited to see Matt Stafford after years of playing for the 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 just you know lonely Detroit Lions that he got a <laughs> chance to come play. For a good program and the guy got some some credit that he was i think was long overdue for so i'm going with the rams tonight all right and cj
4: yeah i'm on the hype train man i'm going with the bills tonight i like what they're doing over there josh allen's a stud uh so i think it's gonna be a great game i'm glad for football to be back uh more and more than anything uh chris jefferson Richmond, virginia you can tap in with me uh start shoot me a message on ig if you'd like as well at the chris jefferson i'll see you guys next week much love All right, and Cat P himself, R.J.
0: Bates, go ahead and sign us (laughs) off, man. Uh, Yes, sir.
2: (laughs) R.J. Bates III, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok, just at R.J. Bates. um, I'm going to go with the Rams, 35-31, Cooper Cup, three touchdowns, Dawson Knox, two, and uh, yeah, take those uh, extra points on the three TDs for Cooper Cup so I can win fantasy.
0: Okay. All right. Aggressive bet. I like it, man. We'll follow up. See if you guys cashed out next week. As always, thank you guys for all your insight, uh, your participation in the program. Eric Brewer, I believe you're in town next week. I look forward to potentially seeing you. Uh, Any last words before we sign off, guys?
1: I think it was a fun episode. I'm glad I'm not on RJ's list.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're on it now. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah, you're on (laughs) it. You're on it now. You're on it now. (laughs) thank you guys again everyone who tuned in we will see you next week thursday
1: 11 30 a.m ish we'll see you then